Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we give you our WWE Payback Recap. NXT crowns a new champion with a four-way Iron Man match. Not really. Uh, we also have our NXT TakeOver Do-Over San Antonio. We talk about NJPW, and we're going to give you our predictions for All Out. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. One take. Professional, ladies I mean, and gentlemen. Tra- One fucking take. I, I, didn't even, I couldn't much. even look. <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Gimmick Nolte. And to my left, reunited and it feels so good. We have two beer. Or no, sorry. Jason right. Cornelius Bell. <laughs> What's going on, JCB? Allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast. Didn't do podcast. that in one take. Volume 170, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the Good Smart Sayeth, Hashtag Boo the Heels. It is all good. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Shout out to Kurt Stallion, friend of the show, now the latest member of the WWE roster. Big shout out to Kurt Stallion. Kudos to my man. Shout out to my sister, Jamise. Thank you for going with me to Seattle. I appreciate the love. Thanks for being the rock that weekend. It's good to be back. No internet, so that's why my black ass is sitting next to Bill, but that's all good, Contracting too. COVID. And out there <laughs> in Edwardsville, Illinois, we got two beers. Zach Bowen, what's going on, two beer? I was wondering why Jason wasn't part of the sound check. I was like, oh, I guess, you know, fuck me. I guess I'm the one that just sounds like shit all the time. <laughs> he's actually in the building. So he's actually in the building, he's yeah. In the building. So how are you, Jack? Oh, I'm uh, I'm like five beers deep. Uh, this homeschooling thing's great. I just make the kids hot dogs for lunch, and then I just crack open my first beer, and I just kind of, you know, let it rip. Jesus, that sounds nice. We are coming at you from my basement in South St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, you know, there was uh, it was a week of wrestling. Stuff <laughs> happened. Uh, there was some good stuff, uh, some not so good stuff, some terrible stuff, and then some. Real good Japanese stuff that uh, we're going to have to get to as quickly as possible. Um, so, uh, Jason, why don't you tell us about F&B Eatery? F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton, Southampton and Marquette, celebrating five years of being in business. Five years, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very hard to do in the independent restaurant game to begin with, even more so in the 2020 era where this has been a big pie of hot bullshit so do yourself a favor do me a favor slide on in fb eatery go get the greatest burger that you've never heard of and you can thank me for it later worst case scenario snag a gift card on the way out they're doing straight curbside like i say every week follow them on all your social media facebook instagram twitter all fb eatery one word check it out slide in do yourself a salad do my man Mike a salad. Tell him that band from Ringside sent you F and B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton and Marquette. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Jason starts off. 
I was upstairs and I was thinking, what do I want to talk about? Because we always do chronologically. In this case, we're going to talk about, obviously, payback on Sunday night. And I was in the airport early Sunday morning or Monday morning on the way back from Seattle. And I started watching this and I basically finished it, finished it when I got home uh, around four o'clock. And I sat back and I thought about the whole thing and I, I soaked it in and I was like, what's the one thing that's jumping out that I didn't think that was going to happen that actually happened. So, Mr. Vega, if you would not mind, slide over that big old spoon so I can have me a piece of humble pie. Biggest takeaway for me is Keith Lee <laughs> beating Randy Orton clean as a whistle. This is the one like thing. I don't have a spoon over here. <laughs> this is the one thing I did not think was going to happen that happened. They made Keith Lee look strong. I'm still not a fan of the music. I'm still not a fan of the the ring gear, but that is irrelevant. They did the one thing that, at least in this scenario. I did not see coming. I saw Roman Reigns coming. It was just how they were going to do it. Everybody else is pretty irrelevant, even um, the Golden Roll Miles. I thought they might cough it up, but with Nia and uh, Shayna Baszler, that's kind of that mismatched tag team, but I didn't think they were mismatched enough for WWE's liking, but hence, wrong as usual. Um, just going back to Keith Lee for 30 seconds, the way he was – presented in this match is at least a good positive sign. You kind of double down on that on Raw Monday night where in the main event, even though he didn't take the pin, his finisher set up Randy Orton's pin on Seth Rollins. So you kind of give the assist to Keith Lee if Randy Orton is scoring the goal. Um, how it goes from there... I, like I said before, WWE just doesn't get my benefit of the doubt at this point. They got to show it to me. And being in the show me state, I got to at least see it two or three different times before, you know, it's starting to maybe resonate that this is what they're going to do with Keith Lee. But for me, biggest takeaway from Sunday night was Keith Lee winning clean over Randy Orton. Zach, what was your biggest takeaway? Uh yeah, uh, definitely Keith Lee, although I had a slightly different outlook on it. I definitely appreciated that he won, but it was a, a similar pattern with Matt Riddle and Baron Corbin and Biggie and Sheamus where there were guys that got their hands raised but didn't necessarily uh, get put over. I would say Keith Lee definitely in the, the lowest rung of that because Randy Orton definitely did sell quite a bit for Keith Lee, although we didn't necessarily get to see – what makes Keith Lee Keith Lee, right? Because Keith Lee has the potential to be the biggest star in on the main roster. Like he's got that like potential, but you gotta have Keith Lee being Keith Lee. And what makes Keith Lee Keith Lee? Uh, him doing stuff that his size does not necessarily suggest. Um, and we didn't necessarily get to see that. I, I know, granted, it was a short match, and if you look at it on paper. Keith Lee goes over Randy Orton in six minutes. That's cool, right? Like, I'm definitely for it. That's, like, the right decision. Um, but, you know, like, with Matt Riddle and Baron Corbin, like, dude, like, Baron Corbin beat Matt Riddle like a drum, and then he, like, sneaks out a win. Like, and the match was boring. Like, how do you have a boring Matt Riddle match? Well, you, like, put him in there with Baron Corbin, apparently. And uh, with Big E and Sheamus, uh, same kind of thing, right? Big E's, like, so talented he's like 
such a great talker. Like he's he's so like powerful and he's got like such a charismatic like personality. And you know, he just like sells the entire time. And I think that's just indicative of of Vince and him just saying, like, all right, well it's baby face heel and uh, we're just gonna have this baby face sell the entire time and not get into any offense. There's like no shine. It's all heat, right? It's all heat and no shine. And I feel like that was like my biggest takeaway from the pay-per-view is that like all heat, no shine. And with Roman not even signing the contract until the middle of the match, like I'm fine with him winning. I like totally get it. But like in storyline, this company is incompetent. They promoted and booked a match that the biggest star in it had not even signed the contract yet Uh, in storyline. I'm saying like, we all knew what was going to happen, but like, their their storyline is that they don't know how to run a wrestling organization and it doesn't have to be the storyline because we already know that that's reality uh my favorite my favorite part of the entire was actually the finish of the women's tag team match even though i think it's bonkers to take Mm. bailey and sasha out of uh, a situation where they can be on all three shows because they're like a highlight of wwe and now we have Shayna and Nia who can make that like circle, you know, with like the tag team belts. Uh, I don't think that's nearly as good of a team to be going on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. But I did love the finish where like Shayna choked out Bailey with Sasha's arm. That was awesome. Anyway, that's that's my thoughts on Payback. So you're giving it zero credit. You're giving them zero credit. They put over Riddle, they put over Keith Lee, they put over Big E, they put over Shayna, you know, Nia Jax can fuck off, but I mean, they, they put over Shayna and um, they, you know, Dominic Mysterio is also a young person. And uh, that was a good, that was a good match. It was a good match. And then they have Roman Reigns come in. I, I understand what you're saying that the, the of course they look incompetent because they never plan a main event until you know an hour into the show every single <laughs> Raw. Of course they're incompetent, but I mean, to, for me, them having and listen, this show I I didn't watch it when it happened. I mean, there's some shit that I'm watching for the first time right now as we're talking, but like this show had. Roman Reigns, they presented Roman Reigns as a complete heel. Like, that was the point of that. He comes out with Heyman. He doesn't sign it until the ring had gone, until the ring had erupted. And then uh, he beats the shit out of a couple guys with chairs and gets the win, and now he's the champion. I mean, I thought that it was my biggest takeaway is that they presented Roman Reigns as a complete heel. And I know that they fuck up heel and babyface all the time. And I feel that, you know, me going third on this podcast usually means that I have to play the WWE defender when I want to go first and talk shit about WWE. You know, I'll take one for the team because obviously I'm the heel. You know, that's what everybody says on Twitter. But I got to give them some credit for at least putting the right guys over. I mean, they didn't make a bad decision in terms of getting guys over it. In fact, I think Lashley having the U.S. title against Apollo Crews and having Apollo Crews in chase mode against uh, a faction of heels is probably the better move also. I just think it's the difference between, like, putting them over and getting them over, right? I mean, and, like, yeah, yeah the, right, I, the right people won, but, like, it's just, like, the way you go about it, it's, like, 
it could have it could be so much better and I, and I, it's just maybe it's me splitting hairs right like but i get exa- i get what you're saying about having I'm, i mean biggie and sheamus is on the television right now and i'm watching it and at the beginning sheamus makes biggie look really good and then sheamus basically kicks his ass for about eight minutes i get it that's not really getting sheamus over but he is getting the win he did get our biggie sorry biggie does get the win biggie does beat sheamus with his finisher uh which i've said it before always looks like biggie is taking the move but that's that is definitely splitting hairs and his arm gets raised at the (laughs) end so I, I was I'm pretty happy with the outcome at least. I, I'm surprised to make them I'm surprised that they made this many good booking decisions. Jason, what do you think? No, because I was gonna say it and I'll, since I've been throwing myself underneath the bus lately, here we throw myself underneath the bus again right now. If this was going the other way around, if this was Riddle losing to Corbin, if this was Randy Orton losing to Keith or beating Keith Lee or um, what what was the third one? Or Sheamus beating um, Big E. We'd be we'd killing be run- them. Yeah, we'd be running them down like nobody's fucking business. So, myself included. So, let's. I will give Bill credit on that sense. The booking decisions I- were right on the money. Even Roman Reigns, granted, it, I'm still not, I guess he's heel-ish. Okay, I'm still not saying he's a heel. He's heel-ish. Coming in in the middle of the match, I get it. Yeah, that's it. That's what a heel would do. You know, let the ring implode, you know. Shout out to Bo. Uh, that was one of the worst bumps I've ever seen in my life, uh, Lil Nate. But, um, oh, yeah, <laughs> just brutal. Um, but that's what you're supposed to do if you're Roman Reigns at that point, you know. And everything else after that kind of just is about, you know, this is the new Roman Reigns. Without Brock Lesnar under contract, Roman Reigns is going to essentially be the new Brock Lesnar. So those of us that want to see a long Roman Reigns run, this is probably going to be it. This is going to be here to WrestleMania at the least. I know we said it before, but this feels about right. So Roman Reigns is, to me, heel-ish. Outside of that, I mean... They did it right. The ma- the matches might not have been exciting to watch, but they got the booking right. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Did they get – they put guys over? Yeah. Did they get guys over? I'm agreeing with Zach on that. Not so much. Big E doesn't feel any more special than he did coming in the door. Keith Lee is the one guy that jumps out because he beat Randy Orton. Um, but Barry Corbin ain't shit. Okay, let's just call it for what it is. Barry Corbin ain't shit. And Sheamus is a mid-card heel at yeah, this point. Yeah, but Sheamus, he's a mid-card heel who has been champ a few times. The, the, okay. And also, Are you, have, you who, been in, have you been watching this? Who wins a lot. Have you been watching this? I'm just talking about win-loss. No, I'm okay, but okay, okay, even more so. If you want to just talk win-loss, then this should have felt more important of a win for Big E than it did. It felt like, okay, cool, Big E won, but I didn't feel like, damn, okay, you know, they getting ready to make a Big E, you know, singles run on SmackDown. It felt no different. It's his first singles match on the pay-per-view in a long fucking time. A long fucking time. And he won over Sheamus, who is, it's not like he won over Jinder Mahal. He won over Sheamus, who is also, come on, 
Come on. We're arguing, we're arguing about the same thing, okay? It's just how they got there. That's the way we are we have the difference. How about we get a big You know what's even you know it's even worse because what? at least Big E got, gets that talking smack time and he gets himself over to the small percentage of fans that okay. are watching talking smack. But with Matt Riddle, they presented in storyline just they just mentioned that he's a bad husband, right? Right. Just and mentioned it. That's not a, that's it, not exactly what it, he was accused of either. <laughs> no, that's the thing. So like they didn't give us any info about like it wasn't like they gave us like an actual kayfabe storyline. He just threw this jab out there, so people are like, "Oh, well, like, what's up with Matt Riddle being a bad husband?" They're just going to see rape ac- accusations, right. like, and so like in storyline, like Matt Riddle's a rapist. Like, dude, like, are you serious right now? Like, that's all you have to get heat is like, that's what you that's what you're trying to do to like get this guy over is like draw attention to like rape accusations. Yeah, like that is the opposite of getting someone over it's matt riddle it's a no-brainer it should be a home run like just like every other nxt call you know right yeah but that's why i said i I have some hope for keith lee outside of that i mean like i said it'll it'll time will tell what where they do and where they go with him but for the moment fingers crossed it's a good start all right let's keep it moving let's get to that unless anybody has any final thoughts uh, Dominic looked good. I, I give that he little did. man credit. He he really does look good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. He's not going to be champ anytime soon. But I I did not want to think he would be this good this quickly. I mean, being in a ring, being in a SummerSlam match with Seth Rollins, having your dad be Rey Mysterio, and then the and then the very next week you're in a tag team match with Buddy Murphy, Rollins, and Mysterio. I mean, you're that's about as good of an ed- I mean, that's about as good of an education as you're going to get. You yeah, know, he, he's that's- swimming in the deep. He's hanging in there, though. God right. bless that boy. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to that. Two counts. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count. We had NXT takeover, and you'll have to forgive me. Uh, somebody else can maybe fill in like the version that I watch occasionally when I don't catch it live is the uh, the Hulu version. So like. The Hulu version, the only thing on here was the one-hour Iron Man match because it's like a slightly condensed version. I don't know why they have to condense a two-hour show, but that's the way it is. Right. Wednesday uh, night, NXT. Uh, well, I'll run down. I know that we want to talk to – well, we'll run down the rest later. Let's start with the Iron Man match. Yeah, because that's the, the biggest thing, right? For and, sure. Um, this was uh, – I actually dreamt about this match like <laughs> Monday night or like Sunday night or something like – I dreamt that I was like there watching it with Kevin Owens. Like that's how much like I was like looking forward to this thing. God damn. That's my dream too. Like... <laughs> I would love to go to an NXT and watch it with you and Kevin Owens. Oh, it was Jason, awesome. Jason could like... drive us there or something. Yeah. yeah Cause Jason has shit. To do. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing going is, on. Like, like we were watching it. We were watching it like not on a television, but like it wasn't live, like actually watching the match. It was like a, but it was a 3D representation of the match, almost like it was live, but it was like holographic. It was bonkers. Anyway, that's the kind of stuff I dream about. Um, so, uh, so like I had high expectations for this match, and like why wouldn't you? It's a 60 minute Iron Man match with uh, as they build at the Mount Rushmore of the current NXT lineup. Uh, all these guys have been NXT champions. Um, one of them is going to be NXT champion for the second time. Uh, and that's only going to be the third time that has ever happened. And, um, 
you know, Iron Man matches are tough and it's a tall order. And I think these guys like rose up to the occasion, but it definitely didn't like fulfill the expectations that I had for it. I think part of that is on the format of the match itself and it being so long. And part of it is like, you really need a crowd and not just like a handful of wrestlers standing around beating on some plexiglass to really get some, some drama and some heat. Uh, but the last like 15 minutes of this match were really, really good. But basically the story of the match is that everybody's tied at one, except for Tommaso Ciampa who has, uh, is lagging behind, but then he gets, uh, he gets a fall. So they're all tied at one. And at the very last minute, uh, Finn Balor gets uh, a second fall. And then in the last 15 seconds, Adam Cole gets a last shot on Finn Balor uh, to have a two on two or um, a tie him for two falls. And then of course there's pandemonium because they're both arguing that, you know, they should be the winner and William Regal comes out and uh, is apparently, even though he booked this match, very surprised that a four way Ironman match could end in a draw. It's uh, unbelievable. I know. Yeah. He, uh, he was like, Oh, I never considered this. Um, and meanwhile, like I'm sitting there, I was mad. And, and like, I understand intellectually why you would do this. Like you want to get two nights out of this. Right. And you want to generate heat because it's all about heat and it's all about, you know, getting people to tune in next week. And is a Finn Balor, Adam Cole match going to be awesome. Yes, it is. And am I going to watch it? Yes, I am. And but I was still super Mark. mad that they told me that at the end of my one hour that I invested that I was going to see a new champion crowned, and I didn't. And is, is that me getting worked? Is that me getting like worked and like being a mark? Like, I don't know. Maybe it is, but like really, it just feels like um, some main roster pulling the rug out from under me. Shit, um, that's what it feels like to me. Like I, I feel like injured and attacked by it because like i they, they basically are telling me that i'm a mark and yeah yeah we did that and yeah we know that you're still going to tune in next week like that's the feeling that i get it's it's not like a oh i want to see what happens kind of feeling it's just like i'm begrudgingly watching this because i know it's going to be good and they know it's going to be good yeah and they know that i'm going to watch it no matter what they can do whatever they want and I'm still going to watch. It's like an abusive relationship. It kind of. It, like. Yeah. Jason, what did you think about the Iron Man match? Oh, shit. That was a little therapy session there. Um, it Honestly, at the end, it just made me feel like it was a little bit of a letdown. I'm not going to go as far as uh, TBZ over there, but I will agree that it's just you can have Finn Balor crown Finn Bauer champion argue that Adam Cole almost had the third count could have had it you could do a rematch you can still get this it's just how you go about it it just feels like it's, it's obviously set up but now it's more it feels like it was a more so of a setup the match itself is fine I think the fatal four-way Iron Man match is a little different on how the working components kind of work off of each other. Um, it's it was a little easier for people to get rest in a four way in this scenario versus if it was just like your regular uh, Iron Man match, man versus man, or, or in uh, the case of Impact Woman versus Woman. But 
that's neither here nor there. Like I said, the match itself was good. I just don't like the ending because it feels like the ending was already destined to be this way. You I didn't mean, have I can't to believe we didn't route. see it coming. I, well, kind of, but part of me saw, said that, okay, I know everybody's going to get tied with one pinfall, but then what? I just couldn't figure out who was going to be the next one to go over. When Finn Bauer was the next person to get the pin, I was like, okay, this is perfect. We can leave it alone right here and then just kind of figure it out. And then once Adam Cole hit the uh, the last shot, I'm like, fuck, you know, please bell ring, please bell ring. And then, of course, it's like, did the bell ring? Did he get the third count? I thought it was a fast count for the record. That's just me, but that's neither here nor there. We're going to have the rematch anyway regardless, so whatever. Um. I mean, to Zach's point, they want to get two nights out of it. I would actually – they could have gotten two nights out of it also if they would have said, we're going to have uh, Gargano versus Champa, or we're going to have, you know, a four-man tournament. We're going to have two matches that are going to be on NXT this night, uh, and the two winners will face each other in a one-man Iron Man, Man match, match or, or a half-hour Iron Man match. It's whatever. like – the. I mean, to Zach's point, they didn't have to trick us. They could have gotten us with those four guys oh, yeah. any single way they wanted to. Yeah. They could have had a tornado match, you know, and maybe you, the last two guys get to face next year, next week, and the guy who wins gets to pick the stipulation or, or something, something like, like that. You yeah, know, something like that. Let me book the territory. <laughs> but um, the, the last two, and I say main roster because I'm kind of treating NXT as main roster these days, but mm-hmm. the last two Iron Man matches that I can think of was Rollins versus Ziggler at some pay-per-view. Remember, and Rollins won like seven to five or something. It was a half yeah. hour, and there was 12 was pinfalls. Yeah. I think Rollins won with seven. Sounds right, yeah. And then this one where everybody was tied at one, and I – I just think there's so much more storytelling that you can do within an hour-long four-way Ironman match than have them all tied up at one and then have two guys get real quick pins in the last couple minutes. Like, have a guy go up 2 nothing real fast or something. There's other ways to do it. Have it be 0 until the last 10 minutes or something. That's what and I then thought was going to Something happen. like that. There is... I don't know. They just get too cute with the booking. And listen, I've obviously never booked a territory, and uh, Iron Man matches don't come around very often. And maybe they feel, and it's tough to say that it was overbooked. I mean, it was uh, it wasn't overbooked. I would say those are the Mount Rushmore of NXT wrestlers now. It just, I was expecting. I guess I was expecting a whole bunch, and I really didn't like the finish. That's all. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I'm sorry, Tubier. I'll let you jump in 30 seconds. Um, the finish, it's the analogy we make about the airplane taking a trip. It The trip has to be complete from start to finish, from getting onto the plane, buckling in, you know, stewardess, takeoff, flight, mm-hmm. landing. For me, everything was cool until the landing. The yeah. landing was kind of was like, okay, you know, hey, Jay, how was your trip, man? You know, it was cool, but... The landing yeah. was a little rough. That's what this is. The finish. Or it was cool, but I died. <laughs> no, that not be died. I mean, this motherfucker. But the the finish is what I think the problem is because the, 
the finish is what we remember. And I don't think that we had to go that route. You could have easily had Finn Balor win and nobody would have batted an eye. Or you could have had Adam Cole win or any of these guys win for this matter. I'm just saying Finn Balor because, you know, once he went up, I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, Finn Balor, you know, came back to NXT, you know, give him, you know, a little reward for being uh, back from coming back to NXT. You know, these other guys, you know, they're going to, you know, Ciampa might be the only one you might have to worry about not getting the title again just because his health is always, you know, tenuous at best. But I just don't think that the finish is should take away too much from the match. Should it? Yeah, because it's a part of it, but not too much from it. Hey, Zach, who wins next week? I got to think Finn Balor because that's who I was thinking was going to win this match before the match started. Um, I feel like even though Adam Cole is great, he's one of the greatest. He's just so, so good. I got to think that uh, a second Adam Cole title run is just a little stale, right? Um, And I got to think what's good for business is to put, uh, you know, Finn Balor, you know, he was a great champion. He hasn't had it in five years. Um, And uh, I think it's his time to shine. He's also... uh the most recognizable out of all those guys to WWE mainstream fans that might not tune in on Wednesday nights. Jason, do you agree with Zach and I that Finn Balor takes it next week? Yeah, because uh, you, you figure it's the time the clock is ticking on Adam Cole for him to move up. It, it would be the rub that what I would consider the rub where you face the guy and then you actually win said match. He would win said match. He would be the new NXT champion, um, you would have options from there, plenty of options, uh, Cross obviously being one, Champa, Gargano, uh, you can make moves with that. I just I like the fact that, uh, just to what you guys said earlier, um, the too sweet moment, you know, they, they that was something we've all kind of, you know, wanted to see happen, at least I wanted to see happen, and for that five seconds, you know, they gave us, they threw us that bone. They didn't give us chomping Gargano and towards until t- more towards the end of it you know they kind of focused on the other three guys so I mean like I said the match itself was good it's just the finish was like oh, come on don't do this shit you know of course you know I'm sitting at the home you know getting all pissed off and shit because they went like that but you know it is what it is I'm not gonna you know totally shit on the match like i said the match was good the no finish sucked. yeah and all, all four of those guys fucking rule uh we, we don't have to belabor the point uh the rest of nxt um i mean th- not a whole lot happened uh swerve and brazongo beat legado del fantasma yes I probably, yes it's, <laughs> it's fantasma damn it's with the f not a p that's why i kept fucking it up what were you saying i was thinking it was Pantasma? Yeah, P A. Phantasma, oh, P- like the right. New Japan guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh Candice LeRae squashed Katie Catanzaro and then called out Tegan Knox. I still don't know what Tegan Knox looks like. I can't picture her. I love that sentence. <laughs> you ain't shit. What sentence? <laughs> Candice LeRae squashed Katie Catanzaro and called out Tegan Knox. Like there's just a lot of going on in my uh, it's like a, a hamster. In my brain, just running. <laughs> uh, Timothy Thatcher, who I'm, I'm, I'm liking more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat colossal, the colossal Bronson Reed, uh, which in a pretty short match, but 
they were on a time. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna have an hour, if you're gonna have an hour Iron Man match, you got to be on time. Yeah, so I get some that. Of the, one of these matches didn't even need, need be on TV. But go ahead. Yeah, and um, I don't know. Not a whole lot else. Um, so we can keep it moving. Yeah, uh, just not a great NXT. It just feels like you know, like you said, they they did it in a fi- fatal four way where they should have just had two singles matches. Hell, have them for thirty minutes. The last hour you have Ciampa versus Adam Cole. You got Gargano versus um, Finn Balor. Ooh. The winners next week. What face for the title? Yeah, that's the last hour of NXT. You the first that, hour you got that. God, let us book the territory. Jesus Christ, too easy. Um, uh, let without uh, further ado, let's get to that third count. Dumbasses. <laughs> okay, so the three count is the summer struggle at, at New Japan Pro Wrestling that happened. Uh, when was that? Saturday. Uh, yes, it was Friday. You slept in. Yeah, Saturday. I still had internet. Go ahead. Yes. The biggest news coming out of that. <laughs> and I bet, I bet your boy, uh, Jason Cornelius Bell is pretty happy about this. Naito wins back both belts from evil in a, uh, they were outside of the baseball stadium. Jason. What was your reaction when your boy won back the Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championship belts from Evil? I was obviously surprised. I, I really was waiting for the usual Bullet Club Okie Doke, which did come out, but then Sonata and Bushi finally saved came out, day. saved the day. So I was like, okay, well, you know, this has a chance, but I still, this is what I expected. Naito to be used to put over evil again. It's like the double down theory. You know, we've made him champion, and now we're going to really reinforce the championship move by having him go over Naito one-on-one, straight up, no bullet club, no anything. So when it happened, I, you know, I was instantly surprised. And it, so, it, you know, it took me back for 30 seconds. So I'm, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, watching this shit unfold. And I didn't know what to think. So, you know, it, it took me, like I said, it took me by surprise. But I had to take it in. And they did it the whole, you know, outside. I think this is what they wanted to do the first time around. For what I, well, I shouldn't say that. They wanted to do, if this is what they wanted to do this time around, they wanted to do it on this stage. Where you had the open stadium, you can have the fireworks in the background. You can kind of reboot the Naito double championship run where it kind of sounds like in his post-match press conference, this is going to be a true double championship run where he will, in theory, defend titles, both titles separately on the same card. So that's the intriguing part, but... This might be the swan song to the end of a long and illustrious career. But nonetheless, yes, I was very excited, but nonetheless surprised because I really thought that this was going to get evil over, cement him as the top of Bullet Club. Then Jay White comes back, and they would have the internal struggle within Bullet Club at the top of the the food chain between Jay White and evil. Zach, what did you think when was it spoiled for you? Uh, it was not spoiled for me. No, I was able to watch it um, before I looked at anything, so that was good. But yeah, I was also very surprised. Uh, 
it happy. It was also a fitting setting. Um, if you're a Naito fan, you know he's also like a big baseball fan. So like him winning in Jingu Stadium was pretty cool. It's a baseball stadium. And I really enjoyed the – they've done a couple of these shows, but I really enjoyed the open air um, atmosphere and like the – extra amount of fans that they have and even like the gimmick that they have where they put the um uh they, they give them the gimmick and they cheer boo and it pipes in like mm-hmm. crowd noise like fake crowd noise mm-hmm. sorry man if i'm gonna do, if i'm gonna talk call wwe to the carpet on it i love i love new japan we all know it i, I just it's not, it's not for me i'd, I'd oh, rather I just, like just kind of they give it to the i like that they give it to the audience and then the audience can like control it Okay, fair enough. Like I said, it's just, that's that's yeah. I don't love the the canned stuff myself. I'm with you there, but I just I like that at least they're doing you know a little something fan interaction. You know, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it all. No, I just I know I know, and, and this has been an ongoing discussion, and I don't. I'm not saying that you guys are right or I'm right on this one. I think mm. it's no. Mm. Honestly, I. Look, you know me well enough to know if I wanted to say that I was right, goddammit, I would just... No, I'm just saying that I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a fuck about you. (laughs) That's fucked up. All right, go ahead, Zach. Uh, No, that's it, really. I mean, it was a really good show, six matches, and four of which were pretty great. Um, Really felt like, uh, you know, for the first time since maybe... New Japan was like initially back and we had that, you know, kind of elated feeling of, oh, New Japan's back and they were doing some like card hitting matches that were pretty good. But then um, I don't want to necessarily put it all on evil or anything, but I feel like there it's just been a lull, you know, like a, a pandemic lull and they've had some bumps in the road. But this really felt like a show and I loved it and it was tight and compact. It was less than three hours, even with the intermissions for like cleaning the ring and stuff. Um and yeah, it was it was just uh, the new Japan that you know know and love, uh, rough bumps included. I mean, there was way <laughs> too many rough bumps, but that's 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 new that's Japan yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, I was I was watching it. Just I saw all the interference happening, and I just thought that evil was going to win. I thought there was no way. And then when Naito won, I was like, holy shit! So I wonder. I mean, I wonder what the point of putting it on evil well i guess i don't know i, I like to make, to make a new star right like you know because yeah just, that, you know, yeah. Kind of just to elevate him i guess i, I, I guess and, and like us well and they had kind of mentioned it before and it is what it is you can call it for what you call it hot shot in the title or not but there are guys that have you know that have never you know defended it's the Sasha Banks theory you know there's people in New Japan that never successfully defended a title you just we're just so i want to don't want to say brainwashed but i'll just say programmed to think certain ways about certain things oh so and so just won the title so he's not going to lose for a little bit you know usually the first one we give them and then the, maybe the second or the third yeah. you give them and then you it kind of goes from there New Japan just don't give a fuck, okay? Yeah. In this scenario, I mean, and it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, the evil win. The evil win was surprising, surprising to all of yeah. us. And you know, by that point, like I said, he, he was Benedict Arnold to me, and you know, he's still Benedict Arnold to me. The Hiromu title defense wasn't a surprise. You can kind of see that coming, and it set up Hiromu losing 
later, earlier in this card or, or whatever to Ishimori. So, I mean. That match ruled. That match was really good. We can go into that in a second. But just to close this up, like I said, I think they did it to kind of elevate evil, but this might have still been a plot to get it back to Naito to then, like I said, the double title theory, I think, is going to start to come into play and hear it a little bit where ultimately Wrestle Kingdom, he might have to hold two championship matches on the same night. Uh, when does G1 start? September. Uh, it late, is, it yeah, is September. Yeah, it's this month. It's a, towards the latter part of the month. I think it's like oh, the 23rd. They haven't something. announced it yet. They haven't announced the blocks yet, have they? No. Oh, that's going to be Not exciting. The block, no. um, okay, uh, we also had uh, Sabre Jr. and Taichi. Uh, they they held on to their belts against Golden Ace in what was also a very good match. What you think about that one, Zach? Oh, man, uh, I love the Golden Ace team, and I love uh, – uh, Jason mentioned swan songs. This is Tanahashi's swan song, right? Like, it is in storyline. This guy's having problems, but at the same time, he's, like, still the greatest. It's it's funny because WWE does this stuff. Like, they'll tell you Rey Mysterio's old, even though he's got a great body, and he moves like he's 22. <laughs> yeah, and Mysterio's he wears a mask. <laughs> yeah, right. he wears a mask. You can't even see what his face looks like. And they're like, ah, he's like... That's like storyline. It's like, guy, oh, he's past his prime, you know? And it's like, actually, you know, he's like one of the best promos in the company and one of the best wrestlers in the company. And he could actually be your top guy if you wanted him to be, if you just, you know, get behind him. Uh, whereas like Tanahashi really, like, even though he's the greatest and like right now he's in one of the greatest things Tanahashi does is selling and he's in selling mode. He's, you know, selling his knees, which is an actual like problem that he has. And they bring this in and then you got a Bushi who, even though he's no spring chicken himself, he very much looks like one. Um, he looks 25 and he's like 38, 39 and he bumps like he's 25 and he very much like, I expect a, a Bushi title reign, IWGP title reign in the future, like in the near future and a good defensible lengthy one. Um, and to have like kind of new generation, old generation, uh, two of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Like just, I love that dynamic. It's like, it's like if, uh, what were the, what was, what were, uh, Hogan and Savage called like the, the towers of power, the mega powers, mega powers, the mega powers. It's like if the mega powers could actually wrestle. Right. Um, so, or maybe if both of them could wrestle. Step away from that beer. <laughs> Put that beer down, <laughs> goddammit. One of those guys I know can wrestle. <laughs> the other one, I want to go see that uh, New Japan archive to see what the fuck he's doing non-WWE shit, okay? You got to slow that shit yeah, down. Yeah, he, he, he did okay in Japan whenever he would Okay, that's what I want to see. I'll be, I'll be curious about that lately. But no, <laughs> you, you better stop that Randy Savage blasphemy <laughs> right now. <laughs> Jason, Jason what do you think about Hiromu and Ishimori? Uh, it was it continued the story of the, the already damaged shoulder that uh, Hiromu had coming into the match. Now, obviously, Hiromu came back earlier in the uh, the Summer Struggle Tour and made the, si- the save on uh, Naito or whatever in one of the, uh, the multi-man matches leading up to the title match, but it came back to kind of bite him in the ass again, even though this is classic Hiromu, you know, fighting from underneath, 
always coming back, coming back hard. You know, this is what I really don't think. If they've had five matches between these two guys, I cannot think of any of these five matches that are, since we're getting ready to start doing grades here in a little bit, they are less than, you know, three, three and a half stars. They These two guys have really good chemistry together. And like I said, this is great about New Japan is that they use the injured arm angle all the way up to – the title match itself, and then obviously the, the finish with the uh, the submission to, to kind of put the bow on the, the storyline itself is just it's classic uh, New Japan. But like I said, it, the bad part about 2020 is that we didn't really get to see a lot of the tournaments that, you know, we're used to seeing. And Best of Super Juniors is one of my favorites because it, it focuses on the smaller guys. And these two guys are the cream of the crop of the uh, – of the division itself and it was just it was another great junior heavyweight match uh and yeah that was my favorite match of the night and then uh i didn't actually get to watch suzuki versus shingo uh why don't you tell me about it jason uh when i said it i I was thinking about what is suzuki talking about what's suzuki talking about so obviously it comes to shingo and i by me we was just like oh this is just going to be an absolute banger of a match there if this was old pre-covid this match would have been in the stands probably outside you know there would have been all kinds of havoc nonetheless there was still all kinds of havoc but it was just physical havoc inside the ring a little bit of a surprise i guess but not really when suzuki wins but considering the history of the neverweight championship uh, i think uh shingo holds the record for consecutive title defenses it's like four or five sounds right so i mean it's not a title that has long reigns to begin with but the match itself if you want to see two guys just beating the shit out of each other for about 15 to 20 minutes that's the match to watch it was one of it was probably my favorite match and that includes naito because i mean i just didn't see that coming so i had to watch it a second time to kind of soak that joker in that he's champion but the, the match that i wanted to see and was most excited about seeing coming in was shingo versus suzuki and it just lived up to at least the hype in my mind all right thoughts on that jay or uh, zach yeah, hard hitting and a lot of fun. And like uh, Jason said, like I actually was a little bit surprised, but then whenever I thought back on it, it's like, yeah, the Never Belt is not known for longevity. It's known to be the hard hitting and often changed um, because it, it commands like a style to where it's just badass after badass, like just beat each other up for this thing. So, but it was a really good match. Uh, those those headbutts uh, looked severe. Um, <laughs> I will say that. All right. Uh, Yeah, just one quick thought on the Tanahashi deal. Um, You said G1. I wouldn't be surprised if Kota and Ibushi, or Kota and Ibushi, Kota and Tanahashi were in the same bracket. And part of the reason why I like uh, I like the tag team match so is the Tanahashi storyline. I know I'm beating that storyline to death, but just watching the decline or the twilight of Tanahashi's career, especially for me, who all, all I've ever known is Tanahashi being the ace of New Japan, to watch this story being told is absolutely fascinating. All right, that's going to do it for our three counts. One, two, Okay, so we're going to we're headed to January of 2017 for NXT Takeover San Antonio. 
Uh, Nakamura comes in with the belt. Uh, Asuka comes in with the belt. And DIY has the tag belts. The curtain jerker, as it were, was Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young. Uh, this is Sanity's first appearance on a an NXT TakeOver. Unless you guys, you guys didn't do a TakeOver while I was gone, did you? No. Okay, uh, so it's Sandy's first appearance on TakeOver. EY gets the win. He is currently, uh, well, isn't he currently the champ? Yeah, he won on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, uh, he... God, Impact's so good. <laughs> Take that. Man, I know. I, I mean, I, I do have to start watching it. Uh, but EY versus Ty Dillinger, I've never been a Ty Dillinger fan. Still not a Ty Dillinger fan. I'll give it 1.75 stars. What do you have, Jason? As I grabbed the Ty Dillinger shirt that I did not even realize I grabbed until I was physically walking out of the door. First thing I noticed. Yeah, I bet you did because you don't like Ty Dillinger. I, I say this is neither here nor there. The bad part about this is that you can kind of see this one coming. And the match itself was good. The finish predictable. What did I give it? I think I gave it two and a half stars. All right. Zach, what do you got? Yeah, I seem to like it more than, well, definitely more than Bill. Um, but, uh, yeah, I gave it 2.75. Like, kind of reminded me. I mean, Eric Young reminded me that he could work on the last Impact pay-per-view. But this, like, reminded me that, like, Eric Young actually did some work in NXT also. He just didn't really see that much of it. Oh, um, he was cool. He's cool. No, I, I think Eric, yeah. Eric Young gets a really bad rap and. I haven't seen that impact match up from a uh, Tuesday or whatever, but I'm going to check it out sometime this weekend. It just, but they dropped the ball. As uh, Cody would say, you know, uh, Sean Spears is a good hand and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> felt like they, it was a good match. It was a good curtain jerker. See, so, yeah, I gave it 2.75. Next up we have Andrade seeing Almas versus Roderick strong. I could watch these guys wrestle for Ever. Zach, I'll let you go first. Yeah, for sure. These guys are both really, really excellent. Um, I gave this one three and a quarter. Um, it was funny to see babyface Roddy um, because <laughs> he's been a heel for a long time. He turned like two years ago or more, probably more. Uh, we haven't seen babyface Roddy in a while. And, um, you know, this is like Andrade really finally starting to get some of the charisma that he had in New Japan and CMLL uh, into his NXT run. So he's like starting to smooth things out, you know, the, the whole um, tranquilo, tranquilo aspect um, of his game. But yeah, I gave us three and a quarter. This is a really well-wrestled match. Nothing, nothing like super special though i gave it three and three quarters 3.75 i think if it would have got another five minutes uh it could have gone up to a four and a half i fucking loved this match i think these guys work really well together uh, i've said it before that i mean with the nxt roster you know constantly shifting and changing that but at any given time roderick strong is, might be my favorite worker in the whole dang uh, promotion. Uh, I gave it 3.75. What do you got, Jason? I gave it three stars. Um, it, it's it's no disrespect to the guys in the match itself. It just felt like it, it lingered a little bit too long for my liking. Maybe the crowd didn't jump into it, but it, it almost felt like 
you know, why is this match happening? And it, it felt like the crowd was kind of asking that same thing. But when the match started, the action kind of picked up. They kind of got into it towards the end. Watching a babyface Roddy like uh, TBZ said is weird to watch because I'm just so used to him being – uh, Undisputed Era, the heel turn for Undisputed Era was, you know, you didn't see that Joker coming for shit. So that's what I'm just used to. So maybe I looked at this match differently because of it. Like I said, three stars. Were you guys, I'm talking about NXT TakeOver San Antonio from January 2017. Did you guys, we're talking about the same pay-per-view, right? Yeah. Talking about the same one? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> coming up next, uh, we had the Authors of Pain. You remember those dudes versus yeah. DIY for the tag belts? Man, Paul Ellering added a lot to this act. Uh, Jason, I'll let you go first. Uh, AOP goes over, takes the tag belts. What kind of star rating did you give it? I gave it three and three quarters, 3.75. Um, it was the storytelling of finally getting to the promised land for AOP and watching the, not the heels, but the baby faces look like they're getting ready to get over, look like they're getting ready to get over and just, you know, falling a little bit short. It would have been a little hard to tell the story of how DIY gets over on this gargantuan tag team and they did the one thing that I think it's sometimes hard to do is, you know, I know you love these guys, you know, two beer Zach, but guess what? We're just going to have to crush you for a little bit and have the right guys going over. Good match, good booking, three and three-quarter stars. Uh, I gave it the exact same thing, three and three-quarter stars. Um, I mean, what else can you say? Uh, I love watching DIY work as the smaller guys versus those monsters. Uh, I can't wait to see Ciampa versus Cross when it eventually happens. I mean, I know it happened once. I, I just like the whole dynamic. Like I said, Paul Ellering adds a lot to that act. They were fun while they lasted. Of course, we'll probably never see them again. Three and three-quarter stars. Zach, what you got? Yeah, I actually gave it the exact same score, which is kind of boring. But, um, yeah, like, uh, or maybe it's just accurate representation of what it was. But, um uh, it was a fun match, and uh, what's going on with those guys? Uh, one was hurt, and, uh, and I mean, you, this is I'm not I'm not going to turn this to fuck that shit. I'm going to turn it to a shit show for or shit on these motherfuckers for thirty seconds. You know these motherfuckers can't get a fucking. He's heating up. <laughs> they cannot fucking create a new star for shit. Where the fuck is Jimmy Uso or whichever the Usos was that was doing the uh, the karaoke a few weeks ago when that shit went south? You ain't seen them motherfuckers since. Okay, we just talked about these motherfuckers. They cannot create up. stars. They buy stars, boys and girls. Name the last motherfucker and I and I and it, besides Roman Reigns. Besides Roman Reigns, I'll give you Roman Reigns. Name the last homegrown talent that they have built from ground one, Charlotte. <laughs> that you can <laughs> you can say, oh, we did this. No, they don't do that. They buy the fucking talent because Vince has deep pockets. That's why if if there's a god of wrestling karma, Sasha Banks. 
that it depends on who you ask. You ask me, I say yes. You ask other people, they say that she's a botching machine. Neither here nor there. My goal for 2020. But she's a star, though. She's a star. Homegrown star. I'll give you that. You can throw in Bailey, too. Thank you. Outside of that, I'm, I think I'm kind of making my point. Where's Bailey's what, just behind Charlotte and like where, days of combined reigns right now. Where is it? Yeah, right. Where's this Buddy Murphy rub that we heard about when him and Roman Reigns cross oh, paths? Oh, oh, Buddy Murphy is getting a rub. No, Buddy th- Murphy is walking around with Seth Rollins. Maybe their maybe their most consistent uh, main main event main card talent. Okay, um, Buddy Murphy's in a good spot right now. I do too. All right, then we're getting off sidetracked. My point is, WWE can't create new stars. When you when Buddy Murphy goes off on his own, then let's talk. Right now, you can get the rub from Seth Rollins. That's a good start. If you want to call it the rub, I want to see more, and it's got to be proven to me first. Dominic Mysterio. Oh, whatever. Um, He's got three matches. Jesus uh, we, Christ. <laughs> we got, uh, next up, we had a women's four-way between Asuka, Nikki Cross, and the Iconics, who broke up this week. Um, Asuka goes over. You know, I, I don't know what <laughs> – I don't – What are you laughing about? If you see Eddie Murphy, uh, which one is that? Is Eddie Murphy raw? Delirious? No, it's raw when he's talking about the uh, the Italian guy going to see Rocky, and you know how you know they come out all pumped, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, Rocco, yeah, Rocco," and so he's bumps into like his friend or whatever. He's like, "Hey, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but uh." Rocky wins this one, too. This feels like Oscar is kind of like, hey, you know, I hate to spoil the surprise, but Oscar won again. <laughs> Oscar won again. I, I don't remember this match happening at all. I don't remember the Iconics being in a fatal four-away match. Oscar wins again. There's not much to say about this match. There was one big bump that Nikki Cross took that took her out. Um, you know, Peyton Royce did a move on Oscar, which I was like, holy shit, I, right. I can't. Remember another time I've ever seen Peyton Royce do a move. Uh, this was whatever, 2.25. Zach. I gave it one and a half. Damn. <laughs> Jason. Wow. Uh, what did I give this? Two and two quarters, or two and a quarter. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I get it. It's the three things that it's the Peyton Royce bump with Oscar that w- was like one of her biggest bumps. I won't say that they they're making her a singles talent for a reason. Whatever this finishing move is, is hot now. What you can do around that is something totally different. Nikki Cross taking herself out basically sets up her and Oscar at some point. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the next one, next pay per view uh, we do. And Oscar just being is the Peyton dominant. Royce versus Oscar? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, the reason why they broke up the Iconics on Raw is because they're they're trying. They're it looks like they're going to focus on Peyton Royce oh, okay. as the single I got you. star. I got you. And like I or said, they, I thought they were breaking them up because they're breaking up literally every team that exists. Like uh, I thought that was the plan. Well, you know, you got to have uh, some competition for Nia and uh, Shayna as tag team champs. I mean, you, you know, what, why have an established tag team in front of them? You know. Yeah, I mean, a team that was like basically broken up before they even started. I mean, Shane is like, "Yeah, I'll let you, I'll help you win these things, but then uh, don't bother me after that." That's a real solid tag team that's got those belts right now. Well, you know, 
It's that mismatch. Man, I need a sad trombone patch for (laughs) fucking every time Zach fucking kills (laughs) WWE. Uh, Zach, next up we had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Bobby Roode, the glorious Bobby Roode for the NXT heavyweight title. Bobby Roode goes over. What kind of star rating do you give it? I gave this one four and a quarter. Um, Really good main event match. Um Nothing like overly exceptional. The best thing about it, besides the awesome entrance, like Rick Rude, not Rick Rude, <laughs> Bobby Rude, doing his like uh, Ric Flair, uh, Chi Town Rumble 1989. Nice. Uh, God, you fucking like, stole with... my thunder, you son of a bitch. Oh, God, yeah. I hate it's you. Totally, like, I watched those recently. So, like, the, the trilogy, that's the first of the Steamboat trilogy. So, like, he, like, comes in and, like, does that. And, um, you know, he has the models with him, and then Shinsuke's got the dope entrance, the dope takeover entrance. And, um, yeah, the best part about this was the selling of Shinsuke Nakamura. It's like Nakamura, like, uh, pretty much, like, channeling his inner Tanahashi and selling his knee uh, masterfully. Uh, so that was the best part of the match for me. But these guys uh, these guys were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what you give it? Same grade, four and a quarter. You know how I am about my entrances. When Bobby Roode did that, and I, for whatever reason, I forgot that he had made this entrance. I looked at him like, this is fucking Ric Flair, son of a bitch. So you have that. You have the usual Nakamura entrance. You have a great match. Like uh, TBZ said, the knee came into play off of uh, Kinshasa where, where you know he could have had the pin, but Bobby Roode rolls out of the ring. So, I mean, it just it all wrapped into one big great match. It had the big match feel. It came through. Bobby Roode it solidifies himself as the top heel. You know when they, the doctors are checking on Nakamura. You know he sneaks attacks him from behind and finishes him off. It was it's about as good as you can do it without being absolutely perfect. Four and a quarter. I gave it four and a half uh, for much of the same reason that Jason just said. I mean. That is a main event from the entrances. Both those guys have had uh, tremendous entrances. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pacing was really good from early on. Like they started off slow and they built to a crescendo. There was some great story. You know how I love the injury angle in the story in the storytelling. Uh, I love this match. I was close to giving it four and three quarters, but I don't like to get too carried away. (laughs) Uh, But four and a half. I mean, and you know what? I actually forgot that Bobby Roode won this match. So I was kind of taken by surprise when he went over. So I gave it four and a half stars. Uh, That's it for San Antonio. Uh, I believe next week is Chicago, maybe NXT Chicago. I don't know. We'll look at it. I'll say it's been too long. I haven't looked. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that's the best one that we've seen so far, but it was definitely. It's a top five for sure. It was definitely top five. Would you agree with that, Two Beer? Two Beer, you there? I had to take take myself off mute. uh, Oh. Yes. (laughs) Why you got yourself. And my courtesy ruined the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking A. Good job. Okay. Give a motherfucker a heads up when you do that sort of shit. This is banned from ringside. All right, boys. Oh, yeah. 
It's time for those predictions. I almost forgot we were doing predictions. Oh, we got a bunch of predictions, and we got 25 minutes to give them, so we can really stretch our legs on this one. Uh, I'm going to put the dick in predictions. <laughs> you ain't shit. Um, so, we oh have all God. out this Saturday night. Um, there are a bunch of, uh, a bunch of matches on this card, so I'm going to start... You know, wherever I want, pretty much. Uh, let's start with the Dark Order versus the Baby Faces. The Baby Faces being uh, Cordon- Cardona, uh, QT Marshall, Gold Dust, Dustin Rhodes, and who, who am I forgetting? Dude, God, man. Who See, am I forgetting? This is one of those times where I'm glad I'm like physically close enough to reach out and make Black Lives Matter. Black Lives I, Matter. Todd Nahisi Coates? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, Scorpio he, Sky. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, that man. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Zach. I thought that Scorpio Sky was in a feud with Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, MVP, <laughs> Bobby Lashley, Ricochet, and Apollo Crews. It's multi promotional. <laughs> My bad. Uh, and Scorpio Sky. Okay. So I'm going to take the dark order here because there is. No reason to have these baby faces go over this team that has seemingly been up and coming for the duration of AEW since it began. So I'm going Dark Order. Zach, what do you got? Who's all in the match again? It's Dark Order, you know, I don't know, 5, 6, 7, and 8 or whatever the fuck their names are versus QT Marshall, Dustin Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, and uh, Matt Cardona. Zach Ryder. That's tough. Um... You know what? I'm actually going baby faces just because I feel like you're opening a major pay-per-view, you know, get everybody happy. And if Matt Cardona wasn't in there, I would probably go the other way. Well, I don't, I don't know if this, I don't know if this is the curtain jerker though. I'm just, we're just leading off with it for the predictions. Just leading off with it. I'll still keep it because of Matt Cardona. Okay. Um, I know it's a multi-man and he could like not lose. But I feel like, you know, you give him a win on a pay-per-view. Uh, he's looking Jack, baby. He's looking real Jack. He's looking even more Jack. <laughs> Who you got, J-Bell? I'm going to take the baby faces, too, just for that, wow. sole, no, for that sole reason. If it was anybody but, like you said, the, the number Dark Order, I would take the Dark Order just because I think they need to keep that momentum going off of uh, the big Cody Lee's, uh, Brody Lee squash on uh, Cody Rhodes. But... I just got this sneaky suspicion. This, this is a, a win for the baby faces to kind of get the momentum back. We're not killing each other by doing 50-50 at this point, even though it is in this scenario 50-50. But I like the baby faces just for the fact that it's Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky being a, a very close second reason to do it just because if he's going to be on Dynamite on a permanent basis, you got to give him a reason to be on Dynamite. This is the reason. Um, okay, uh, coming up next, we have uh, Hikaru Shida versus Thunder Rosa from NWA. She's the NWA champ, and they are fighting for the AEW championship. Uh, I'm going to go with Shida. Jason, who you got? Uh, obviously, you got to go with Shida. Um, I think that quiet as it's kept, Thunder Rosa, I think, is going to make her mark on a starving women's division not saying that she's going to go to AEW but I think that those 
AEW fans that like women's wrestling that want to see a good match is are going to be pleasantly surprised by Thunder Rosa. She's good on, she's been good on NWA. I saw her last, uh, I guess that was yesterday on uh, Dynamite against uh, Serena Deeb. I thought that was a good match. I think her and Sheeta are going to have a, a nice little knockdown, drag out, 15, 20 minute match. But uh, obviously, I think Sheeta retains the title. Two beers, Zach. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this, I think, was made just so that uh, Akira Shida could have a good match on a pay-per-view. I really think that that's, like, the bottom line. Um, uh, but I don't see Thunder Rosa going over or anything. This is just, like, a, a one-time kind of deal, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some chicanery and this actually ended in a no contest. But that's not the kind of predictions we do. We predict who's going to end up with the title at the end of it. That's and right. I think it's going to be Akira Shida. Okay, uh, coming up next, we have Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. If he loses, Matt Hardy has to leave AEW. Zach, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, if not for the stip, I would actually think that they would give Sammy a win, right? Um, but because of the stip, Matt Hardy's not leaving AEW, right? Like, he's just not. Like, he's too valuable of an on-screen personality, even if they were just, like, shifting him to the back, right? Because AEW doesn't necessarily have, like, a... A developmental and if they were like to create one like matt hardy would be at the top of the list of people that would be teaching uh one of those classes but uh he's too 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 valuable like he's not leaving uh jason i think this is the swerve and maybe it's just me looking for the swerve or when i saw it it just kind of jumped out at me but i'm gonna go ahead and take sammy Guevara, and here's the reason why I don't think that it's physically that Matt Hardy is leaving AEW. I think the character of Matt Hardy would leave AEW. It's not like he had not have like two or three others in his back pocket somewhere. Okay, so that's why I'm thinking you're going with Sammy Guevara. It's a broken, uh, broken match or whatever. So basically, you know, no holds barred match. This is a. Re- it's about building new stars i have God more confidence about AEW building a new star and this is a perfect time to do it if matt hardy loses it's not like he's leaving and he puts the next guy over you bring the next matt hardy version in whatever it may be and you go from there sammy Guevara. Uh, you know what? I want to change my vote now because, <laughs> but I'm not going to because that's not fair. Know, he convinced me. He convinced <laughs> Give me my dollar back. Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to take Hardy too because I think that Sammy Guevara doesn't actually need this win. I think Sammy Guevara is such a fucking piece of shit, uh, slimy. Chris Jericho, uh, sycophant, you know, he's doing the Bob Dylan signs. He's such an asshole that I think that he could actually lose this match and not be affected at all, really. I agree with that. Um, So I'm going to stick with Hardy just because I want to show that I'm right instead of being convinced by Jason to be wrong. Um, Next up, we have Britt Baker versus Big Swole in something called a tooth and nail match. I'm going to take... I'm going to take... Swole here because I don't even think Britt Baker's 100% yet. Uh, is she? I mean, she, she whacked that crutch over her back and super kicked uh, Swole in the mouth. She looked 100% to me. I'm taking Big Swole. Who you got? Uh, man. This is... This, because it is the 
pre-show match or wh- whatever they're calling it. I can't even think of what uh, AEW calls their pre-show matches or whatever. The buy-in. Thank you. God, I'm so smart sometimes. Um, I'm taking Britt Baker. I mean, she's coming back from injury. I think her, even in injury, her heel character has been absolutely amazing. There's, there's more for her to gain by winning, so that way swole's back in chase mode you can bring that back on to dynamite on wednesday and start a storyline with a, a healthy Britt baker because this is going to be obviously a match and swole on tv and move from there i'm taking Britt baker uh zach i'm gonna go big swole just because like she's had like all this time to you know th- this thing has been going on for a while right and i feel like we just need some resolution like i don't know that we're necessarily going for heat here i think we're just looking for a little shine for big swole and um Britt baker can absorb a loss and look like a nerd and still come out of it at the end so i'm gonna go big swole all right adam page and kenny omega versus ftr for the belts there's a potential for a lot of storyline maybe some backstabbing here some fuckery going some on. chicanery as they would say <laughs> i'm gonna say now is the time to take the belts off of page and omega and i'm taking ftr zach what say you this is the best storyline in aw like hands down and it's not surprising because it involves uh, three out of four of the elite uh, or three out of five i guess um uh, overall um, oh, no, what? Four out of five. God, I'm just really bad at counting. Four out of five of the elite. Uh, so, you know, just the fact that I am so invested in this, like, week to week, and I feel like the natural progression of this is to get these belts off of Page and Omega, even though that unfortunately might mean the end of Page and Omega, which is arguably, like, the greatest just thrown together tag team ever like i mean i can't think of a better one like there was some really fun stuff in like the 90s like wwf where like you know like they throw a couple guys together when the tag belts uh you know even like more recently with like uh, daniel bryan and kane right like that was like kind of fun but like page and omega just put on these banger matches and they've been really like solidified these titles as like something special uh but i think it's time for ftr i think uh i think then we get the young bucks in chase mode and then we maybe get a three-way or you know something i'm speaking bill's language he's got a little <laughs> not a little one <laughs> i mean i mean big for me little yeah, little all over shit, uh, uh jason what do you got yeah it's gonna be really hard to not see ftr winning the titles um i think the going back to the point analogy is how do we get there I think with Kenny leaving Adam Page on Wednesday night's show in the ring by himself gives another angle of how this may go down. You know, maybe it's Kenny that's the one that's just going to be like, you know what, fuck this. You know, I'm, I'm sick of Page too. Page can, you know, take the loss or whatever because FTR is not going to take it, you know, easy on Adam Page or whatever. So you have that dynamic. You have the obvious dynamic that – Adam Page flips on Kenny Omega, but we have seen heel Kenny, you know, the cleaner rear his ugly head uh, the last couple of weeks on Marco Stunt. So anything is possible, but that's what that's what I like about wrestling because you have possible 
options. You have possibilities, and the like kept, kept guessing. But the finish to me is pretty guaranteed. I'm taking FTR to win the titles. Okay, up next we have the 21-man Battle Royal. Do you guys need me to name all these guys, or do you guys have a pretty good idea of who you think is going to win? Because I think that we should all, because the winner here gets it's an a title AEW shot, right? World Championship match. I know who I want to pick for my number one. What do you guys want to say? You guys want to say everybody just gives one guy and you get three points if you get it? I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, let's all who say Who are it. the guys? I don't know them. Okay. It's Darby Allen, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Jr., <laughs> Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, The Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears, Billy, Austin Gunn, Jake Hager, Santina, Santana Ortiz, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and TBD. I'm going to go Lance Archer. That's what I'm doing. I'm going Lance Archer. Why are you making that face, Jason? You know why I'm making that face. Is that who you're taking? Who, who's been the, one of the biggest Lance Archer marks on this podcast since the last New Japan Cup when he was before he came over here when he had great matches with Will Ospreay. I okay, think when I he, think all three of us have been pretty high on Lance Archer since last year's G1. Okay, fair Don't be claiming that shit. Whatever, motherfucker. I got I got it on tape, god damn it. You taking Lance Archer? I'm taking Lance Archer. TBD is interesting because TBD won last last time. time and that was Brian Cage, but I just can't think of who TBD could be this time around, but yeah, I'm I'm going to stick Punk. to Shit, don't even start. Uh, who you got, Zach? Ru- Rusev. Oh, mother. That would be badass, man. That would be badass. I feel like you can't you can't really do TBD twice, can you? Like, and then because then it's just like. Shit, why can't you? Shit, why can't you? Yeah. Bill just looked at me doing a just dropping the mic because you said Rusev and it totally makes sense because it would totally work. He could come in right now, do a Brian Cage thing. It. God forbid if it was MJF and Rusev. Oh, that sounds like a horrible match. Moxley versus Rusev sounds even worse. Who you got? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I am going to go. I'm going Darby. Okay, I knew that was I was going to go Lance, but yeah. <laughs> I'm making it interesting, believe, guys. I did I'm not think of Rusev, you motherfucker. Oh, shit. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. God dang it. I messed it up. Uh, so coming up next, we have Jurassic Express versus Young Bucks. And I believe this is for uh, a number one contender. Or is this just this is for nothing? I, I think it's pride purposes only. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Express versus Young Bucks. The Young Bucks have done lots of jobs. I can't see him doing this job, too. I'm taking the Young Bucks. Uh, Zach, who you got? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, this is Young Bucks. This is, like, their road to redemption, right? Um, just like they had last week um, or this week. They, you know, they got to get some wins, and they got to get back on the path. Jason? Yeah, uh, if we're playing the storyline game, FTR wins the titles. Uh, Bucks basically were bumped out of the way because of Adam Page. So, yeah, it, it kind of has to make sense. We're going to build up to a uh, crescendo where you have the Bucks and uh, FTR probably at the end of the year at, uh, the, I guess, the biggest tag team match AEW seen to this date, arguably. So, yeah, we're taking the Bucks here. 
Okay, uh, coming up next in a Mimosa Mayhem match, which means the you can win by pinfall submission or dunking your opponent in an 80-gallon vat of Mimosa. We have Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. The end of a 14-week feud, as Jericho said. Zach, I'll let you go first here. Who you got? I have Orange Cassidy. Sorry, I keep putting myself on mute. I probably shouldn't. Uh, but yeah, Orange Cassidy. Uh, this guy, Jericho, is going in that orange juice. No question. Jason? Yeah, that didn't feel like 14 weeks, which is a good thing. That means the ride hasn't been completely uh, boring at any point. Uh, yeah, it has to be Orange Cassidy here. I mean, I, I get it. The champion. Demi God, get demo God. I get it. This, I cannot see how this does not end with Orange Cassidy becoming a star once fans come back. This is creating new stars. As silly as I may think this may be, I'm going Chris Jericho. This is one of those strange situations where you have, you know, Zach was talking earlier about new generation versus old generation. I don't think either one of these guys needs that needs this win necessarily. Jericho definitely doesn't. Also, I don't think Cassie really needs that win, the win either. I think he's Teflon. I think him already getting that win over Jericho has kind of solidified him. This whole feud has solidified him as a star. I don't think he needs to win the feud. And also... Cassidy can lose and Jericho can still get dunked in the mimosa after the match. Yeah. I'm go I'm going Jericho. It's just a gut feeling. No, I just can't see Cassidy taking two out of three. No. Uh, I can't see Cassidy winning the rubber match. I'm going Jericho. That's fine. Last up, we have the champion, John Moxley, who is on what I would like to call a promo streak of just cutting incredible promos on MJF every single week. Moxley versus Maxwell Jacob Freedom Friedman. <laughs> That's how American I am, dude. I just say freedom sometimes. Um, oh, shit. Jason, I'm going to let you go first. What do you uh, got? Of course you would. Son of a bitch. I'll go first if you want me no, to. No, no, no. I'll go first. Um, this has been really good. I just I don't have a good feel on who goes over. My gut tells me Moxley retains. So I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to pick Moxley. I don't have a good feeling about this. This kind of feels like a good spot to get MJ the MJF the title. If it's not Moxley winning, it would be some sort of false finish, CDQ, C count out, and then we run it back. But if you're putting my feet to the fire and asking for a queen win, I'm going to pick Moxley. Well, who do you think's walking out with the belt? Moxley? Okay. All right. I'm taking Moxley also. Uh, I, I just think it's too early for MJF. He's another guy that I feel is kind of like he's he's not going to be defined down if he loses this match. It would M be his first singles loss. Right. And first singles loss to Moxley is, is not the worst thing. Not that bad. So I'm taking Moxley also. Two beer. I'll let you go.
Yeah, for that reason, uh, that's my main reason that I'm picking Moxley. And my secondary reason is, like, MJF is a total heat machine. Like, if the Predator came to Earth and the first person that he saw was MJF, like, he wouldn't be able to see anybody. It would just be all red. Like, his whole vision would just be red. Because it's just, like, heat, heat, heat. And you want people for heat. <laughs> so just the fact there's no fans... Oh, man, I just had a good idea. Wouldn't you like to see Predator remade with MJF in the Jesse Ventura role? <laughs> Dude. We need we need to we need to get that shit done and just that's like, a pretty good idea, right? It's a fucking amazing that's idea. A, we need to have like that's in my top three top three deep requests <laughs> right now, which is pretty stacked list. Okay, we need to superimpose his face onto that scene and put it on fucking uh, BFR. I'll do it right when we're done here. We'll go upstairs. We'll start uploading this shit. I'll Dude, do that it then. Comedy fucking central. Okay, so myself. that was our predictions. Okay, guys, uh, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, TJ Perkins, you remember him? Guy could work. Yeah, uh, he was on new, uh, still was on new Strong. Strong. Yeah, that's my dog. 36, uh, Karma, also known as Awesome Kong, uh, best known for faking a pregnancy to get out of her WWE contract, <laughs> which is, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> talk about living kayfabe. Uh, oh, she shit. is 43, Xavier Woods, uh, get well soon or don't. He's uh, 34. <laughs> You should see that. I wish everybody could see the look that Jason just gave me. God uh, damn. Hunico, uh, he was the second Sin Cara, is 43. Uh, I'm kidding, Xavier Woods. Black Lives Matter. You're yeah. great. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman. Uh, listen, <laughs> Braun Strowman. <laughs> I did say that you could drive me, Zach, and Kevin Owens to the NXT earlier. Right. Uh, Braun Strowman is 37. Molly Holly is 43. That means that That's she it? was so fucking young back then. Yeah. Yeah, no uh, quote the Raven nevermore. Raven is 56. Sarah Logan is 27. With child. Hey, everybody. With child. I know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to ours. Um, I feel like we got a lot of stuff done today, guys. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff done. Yeah. We talked about a lot of wrestling. I feel, I feel accomplished. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for. F&B Eatery Check For Bo Geesman Check For Murray the Murray Man Murray Check For Lucha Chris Check For Two Beer Zach Pullman For Check. Jason Cornelius Bell Never trust I a big booty in the smile Check Everybody Black Lives Matter And Check. Boo the Heels Boo.